Welcome, folks, to the Goose Gossip Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Gerke. Thank you so much for tuning into my podcast. I also have an Instagram and a Facebook. Just keeps you updated with all the new stuff that's coming out that I'm releasing or just stuff in general like where I'm going and hunting and all the roundabouts of what I do. Um, I sit down and talk with a wide variety of people about their life in the outdoors and life in general. I'm going to take a quick second and thank my great sponsor, Webfoot Waterfowl. Go check them out. Luke does amazing work, very unique and amazing lanyards. If and when you go to purchase a lanyard, uh, make sure to use the, the code GOOSE15. Save yourself a little bit of money. Um, thank you all for the great support and for the people that are listening and new listeners, it's always amazing hearing and talking to new people. Um, it just helps out with uh, the day-to-day stuff that I do with this podcast. It's amazing what goes on. Um, let's get into this episode. I hope you enjoy it while you are driving, working, sitting around the house. Who knows? Here we go. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Goose Gossip Podcast. And the special guest on the line today is Bill Demarius. Jeez, I already butchered it, huh? Yeah, Demarius. Demarius. Jeez, sorry, man. Oh, gosh. Where are you from, Bill? Uh, I'm from Rhode Island, so uh, far east coast. I was born and raised in Mass, and now I just moved to Rhode Island. How's that been with being living in Rhode Island? Oh, it's fun. I mean, the hunting's good. The uh, the duck hunting is okay, but we got a solid goose flight and not a whole lot of outfitters to really compete with. It's just, it's a nice, healthy goose area. You guys get on quite a bit of private land by just solely just asking for permission in Rhode Island, or do you get away with that? <clears throat> yeah, thankfully, we can still do the, uh, you know, permission by a handshake, if you will. Yep. Um, we There's definitely some properties where you can lease and um, some farmers who obviously have figured out what they've got, but for the most part, we're still able to do, you know, just knock on a door, ask for permission and get a simple yes or no. Unfortunately, we get a lot more no's than we do yes, but yeah. that's part of the game. Um, You got a set forth group that you hunt with up there or is it just like new friends throughout the whole time in Rhode Island? Yeah, we, uh, I have a pretty sm- uh, somewhat small group of guys, probably about five or six of us who really go out um whether it be during the week or on the weekend and um we we pretty much just all bounce around to each other's spots hit different areas try to just hunt the areas that we got as smart as we can to keep the birds in the area but it's probably i'd say about five or six of us who actively get out and you know get on birds as much as we can together and then obviously you have a couple people who mix in here and there but we pretty much try to just keep to ourselves and Keep our circle small, if you will. Um, how far do you travel outside of Rhode Island to um, do your happy hunting? Huh. Well, I mean, so if I'm local, I mean, I can drive uh, 20 minutes or so and get on some birds. A um, couple of my buddies live out of state, so I'm fortunate enough I can drive out to Connecticut or New York mm-hmm. and uh, get on birds out there, which is pretty nice. But generally... If I'm just locally hunting with me and my buddies, it's about, I don't know, like a half hour drive. Nothing, nothing outlandish. Right. Is your pure enjoyment on water or is it on a dry field? Uh, a little bit of both. The majority of what we're doing with uh, the goose hunting is just, just like anybody else, dry corn fields and stuff like that. There's some spots for water, but there's not a whole lot in this area where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... The water that we have is generally the coast, which then you start getting into like the brant and the sea ducks and stuff like that. Is there, so is there a history to Rhode Island that you know of, or is it just like kind of like a a normal hunting situation or is there like a, a far different like scheme of things that go on with Rhode Island hunting? Rhode Island is more known from what I understand. I could be wrong, but Rhode Island's more known and the the Cape area as well. For uh, their sea duck hunting, we get a pretty wide variety of sea ducks from eiders to scoters to the brant that everybody loves, Um, you know, and just basically every other sea duck you can pretty much think of. Um, I don't really go out for them myself. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm a goose guy. I love going out for just for geese. But uh, I would say Rhode Island and the like the Cape area, which is also right on that same coastline, is pretty much known for our sea duck hunting more than anything. But I don't really do a lot of it at all besides the brand. So what is you guys' uh, laws or regulations on um, bag limits and everything over there in Rhode Island for geese and ducks? Uh, we're pretty tight on our limits. So our early season when we're basically going after like residential geese and stuff like that in like early September, we're allowed 15 per guy. Um, you're pretty lucky if you're going to scratch that out. Then during the regular season, we can shoot two geese. Um, and then late season, which is what we're in now, this is where the bulk of our season pretty much happens. We're allowed five geese per guy. So mm-hmm. pretty, pretty relaxed regulations to a degree. Um, you know, like New York, just north of me, is uh, already down to one. New Jersey, south of me, is down to one. So, I mean, I'm sure it's coming to some degree or another. But we have we have a really healthy goose population, so I don't know why it would. But Right. Do you run into a lot of average hunters around you, or is it pretty just open to yourself and you don't really run into a lot of other people that are loving this um, no. outdoors? So that's what's kind of weird about this area. Um, there is, like, everybody kind of knows everybody, if you will. Like, you okay. got your hardcore guys who are going to go out all the time, and them hardcore guys know all the other hardcore guys as well. Then you got obviously your weekend warriors and stuff like that, but it's not like a, it's not a super super competitive area, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is the spots that are locked down; they're pretty much locked down for that individual's life, if you will, because he got in whether it's you know family or just from an old family friend. So that's where we run into a lot of there's there's good goose hunting, but the land out here is tough to come by, and then because of that the public land that's here gets smashed pretty hard for the amount of goose hunters that are in this area. Do you guys have a lot of public land there or is it very like scratched to none? Yeah, it's uh, I definitely wouldn't say it's a lot of public land, not in comparison to what I've seen just from my travels everywhere else. I mean, it's, it's a decent amount, but nothing, nothing to write home about if you will. Right. I'm not impressed by the amount of public land that we have. Yeah, I guess that's designated that's designated for hunting, if you will. For sure. I mean, I imagine that there's a lot of maybe public land for like deer and other things of that nature, or is there not much for deer hunting around there? Yeah, there's a there's a pretty healthy amount of deer hunting that goes on. Um, we have a lot of like conservation woods and stuff like that where you can get on some decent deer. But I'm not I'm not really a deer hunter at all, so I can't really speak as to like <laughs> yeah. how the deer hunting is in this area. I I've never even sat in a tree for a deer, and I won't pretend like I ever have. <laughs> right. So now, yeah. now you you do photography as well. So um, talk a little yeah. bit about how you jumped into photography. I mean, maybe it's like a little bit of a different script from somebody else's. Yeah. So uh, basically, I got my dog Aries, who. Uh, He's going on three now, and uh, when I got him, I kind of just was really not even really so much into photography too, too much, and then I kind of just enjoyed, like, taking pictures of him as a puppy and kind of, like, not necessarily documenting his progress, but, you know, just kind of keeping track of my first gun dog, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Slowly but surely, I wouldn't even actually say slowly, very quickly, that escalated into basically what it is now. Um, I'm not a full-time photographer by any means. I still work, you know, a normal 40 hour job, have a family and, you know, so I, it's, it's something that's just a hobby on the side, but, uh, it definitely developed pretty quick into a fun passion between being able to take pictures of just us while we're hunting and the different dogs that I hunt with. Cause there's no hunt that I'm not on where a dog's not involved. So it's always fun to take pictures of a dog's first retrieve or, uh, a kid's first goose hunt, just capturing different memories that not necessarily are otherwise missed, but just something that you can look back on after the hunt, if you will. Right. Absolutely. I always tell, I, I always tell my buddies when, cause they don't, they enjoy the photos and stuff. And I always tell them, Hey, when you guys go home, you brush your geese out, your, your hunts over. 
I still kind of got, you know, two, three hours worth of, you know, something that pertains to the hunt. So it's still, it just kind of drags on the hunt that day a little bit more and just, you can reminisce on the memories and just chuckle at something that you captured. But it, it all started with the dog. That's for sure. That's awesome. What do you enjoy the most about going out and bringing your phone to earth? Jesus, your, <laughs> your camera, geez, out in the field or out in the water to, to take pictures. What do you enjoy the most about it? Uh, just capturing all the different memories. Um, I've been really enjoying taking like the photos of the dogs lately. Um, it's just, it's fun. You don't have to like necessarily stage anything or, Hey, can you do that again real quick so I can get the picture? Whatever, whatever happens, happens when it comes to a dog. And that's, I don't know, I've kind of just been embracing that aspect of the photography and it's been really fun for sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess once a person like almost gravitate towards it, like fully, I feel like even yourself, it's like you go like full on, like the power is like so enlightening that like if you enjoy it so much that you want more out of it. And that's why I asked the question. I was like, what do you get the most out of it? Um, And it's kind of like almost like the same script. There's always like a a little set different opinion on why somebody loves Mm. holding a camera. Um, Yeah. Did you start with like kind of like a basic like point to shoot camera or did you kind of did you kind of put yourself in like kind of like a higher grade camera? Um, my first camera was a Nikon D7200. Um, price wise that runs about like $800. It's kind of, it's a little better than like a point and shoot, but it's not like a professional grade camera by any means. Mm -hmm. Um, I started with that. And then once I realized like, Hey, this is something that I really enjoy doing. Uh, it quickly went into a professional grade camera, uh, a handful of different lenses and then i've got the drone now it just it escalates pretty quickly <laughs> <laughs> did you have a mentor getting into photography or did you just um self-teach yourself uh just a lot of youtube um you know your your guys on instagram uh jobo jones um i i follow uh jay hodge productions uh i actually like him a lot as uh, justin there Mm-hmm. Um, really, really talented photographer and videographer. And he's really been doing a lot of saltwater stuff, but a lot of the, I get a lot of just different tips and tricks from just different people in general. When I was really first starting out, it's, it was really nice because the community as a whole, um, was just really embracing. Cause I mean, I'm not really, I'm just a normal guy from Rhode Island taking pictures. I mean, I'm not anything amazing, you know? So it's nice to be able to reach out to some of the bigger names in the industry, if you will and get positive feedback and you know a genuine a genuine answer which is really what it should be about just helping everybody else grow and helping everybody figure out what they want to do and just growing as a as a culture in general so you have you went and took photos with another set like uh, maybe instagram person that is into photography out in the out in the industry yeah man that's that's one of the cool things is uh, my photography has actually, my dog as well, um, has actually brought me to all kinds of different places. I mean, from from a small state, you know, up north from Rhode Island, to, uh, I'm taking planes flying to Texas, shooting photography with people, just people that I've met on Instagram, you know, and they've just become really good friends, really good buddies, and you end up just meeting them up and I mean, I've driven down to Pennsylvania, met up with a buddy. We drove to Kansas, hunted in Can. I've I've never I've never met this individual, my buddy AJ, mm-hmm. in person ever. And here I am driving to pick him up. We go to Kansas, shoot some Kansas mallards. Go to Oklahoma, shoot some crane, and then on the way back, we hit Arkansas and shoot specks and snows. And four days prior, I never even shook this man's hand, and here we are, going halfway across the country together with our camera gear and a dog and making memories that we'll never forget. That is so cool. So a, yeah, that's that's really what I love about the whole industry is it's it really is welcoming and you really can meet some super talented individuals and just create memories that you otherwise wouldn't be able to do. Is your home state the most enjoying that you can take photos in? <laughs> or is there a state that you've went to and experienced that like you want to go back to again and again and again and take photos at? Oh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, why is Oklahoma, that? Yeah, oh, there's just something. Oklahoma in itself is just a whole vibe, if you will. Just everything from the the hills, the scenery, 
the long roads, the the red dirt. I mean, it's just something about Oklahoma. It's one of it's one of my favorite places to go and take photos and just be out in that environment. Because where where we where we went, it was just. I mean, you're in the middle of nowhere. You're on dirt county roads that don't even have a name. So it's <laughs> like at night, you look you look up and there's there's just millions of stars and it blows your mind away just being out in basically nothing, if you will. Right. I guess I've never went to Oklahoma now the way you speak about it. I need to go to Oklahoma. <laughs> I've got friends in yeah, Oklahoma o- now. Yeah, Oklahoma. I mean, I, I had a blast out there. It's the, the, the Sand Hill crane hunt was good. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I went, we did a, we did a duck hunt. We got on pintails, widgeon, mallards. I mean, we get mallards up here, but we don't get like a lot of pintails and widgeon. So that was real cool to shoot into. What was it like for yourself being from the East coast coming towards West and getting to these like large populations of migrating birds? I mean, was it just so eye opening and you're like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. Or was it like you, you just held your standards like at the same script? No, it's definitely, you can't go to a place like the Arkansas Delta and not be, amazed by the amount of flight and the amount of birds that you see you know even if you know even if they are just snow geese and a lot of people you know i mean people go nuts over snow geese and some people can't stand them whatever your opinion may be you gotta love the fact of being able to drive down the highway and seeing (coughs) four to five thousand bird feed and just a tornado of we don't we don't see that up here right but that's that's just something like that's just unbelievable so it's it's tough to not be in awe when you see that many animals just congregating in one area and then you look up and there's tens of thousands more just flying overhead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's it, something else. That's it for it sure. is crazy. And we get like some of that, like not to its full potential in South Dakota, but I did when I ventured this year, like seeing some of like the big wads of geese and the big wads of lessers or anything of that nature, it was like very eye opening and it wanted me, oh, yeah. it made me want more for the next season of going and traveling. But no, yeah, it's like, it makes you respect almost what you're doing back home even more. So when my season back opens, well, I think it's still open, but that's behind the scenes of why I can't go. But, um, like I just can't wait to like re-enlighten that because it's like you get so much more respect for what you started as when you go and go into somebody else's realm and then they come to your state and you're like, well, this is what I got. It might not be as great. And they're just like, they're in awe. And that stuff is like so cool to a point where it's like, but you have like 10,000 geese and we just have like 300. How is it fun for you? You know, or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh gosh. No, I, I totally, I totally see that perspective. I, I live that perspective. I go out there and I see tens of thousands of them and I come back here and, you know, we have, like I said at the beginning, we have a pretty healthy goose migration that comes through. So we're fortunate in that respect. But nothing compared to like Arkansas Delta or something like that. There's just, I mean, it's it's tough to compete with something like that. Um, through social media that you've seen, um, where's a dream state that you'd love to go to, just even to hunt or go to for outdoors reasons? Uh, probably Washington State uh, to get on some of them widgeon that them dive bomb guys get on all the time within <laughs> <laughs> that in that sheet water, you know, Ryan Polloway and them guys. Yep. I, I talk to them guys pretty often, and that's that's definitely one of the spots where I feel like I've never been, but just from what they show and what I've seen, that's one of the spots where you have to at least go once before you before you call it quits, if you will. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I mean, that's a far stretch for you. You better be jumping on a plane, in my opinion. Oh yeah, uh, it'd be it'd be tough not to, cause especially with the dog. I've I've driven. Most of the time, if I'm if I'm going somewhere on a hunt oh, and I can true. take my dog, I'm I'm taking a I'm taking the truck. I mean, what is it? What is the drive to Washington from Rhode Island? I'm sure you've looked it up. Oh my goodness, it's I couldn't even imagine what it would be. Oh, I know to from here to Oklahoma, it's about thirty hours. <gasps> so I could only oh I couldn't gosh. even fathom. Dude, it's probably like yeah. all forty, maybe forty-five. Oh, it's probably up there. <laughs> you drove to Oklahoma, like or like all the way to Oklahoma with your dog? Yes, sir. Uh, three times now. Three times. Okay, now, in your sir. mindset, 
are you are you a are you a one stretch or are you stopping at least one hotel no so if i can do it um i'd rather go with a buddy or two preferably even if that's possible and we'll just take turns every four hours just just swap out even if you're not tired man just get your eyes off the road swap out and we can pretty much go straight through aside from you know pit stops for letting the dog out to go to the bathroom and Right. Letting him burn some steam and us just, you know, going to the bathroom and gassing up. I mean, we can pretty much do it in a in a straight shot. So them long road trips them long road trips, do you do any like pre maintenance on your vehicles or you're like, oh screw it, we're going? Oh no, hell no, you gotta definitely <laughs> get an oil change, get them tires checked. No, you definitely gotta go through the checklist. <laughs> I was about to say no thirty way. hours. Yeah, like see I'm kind of like like i try to keep my vehicle high maintained you know but it's like i've never done like done like a big trip like that like big road trip like that like by myself i guess or even with anybody the longest road trip i've been on is nine nine hours i'm saying like hunting wise i do a lot of traveling for work and everything and that's far different from the outdoors room you know yeah that's not with my own vehicle just to segue back real quick, I just looked at the time limit from here to Washington. It'd be one day and 22 hours. <laughs> That's an insane drive. <laughs> You'd have to stop. You'd have to stop. Once. Yeah, there's no way. There's no, no way. way. If you ever do that, you better film at least 10 minutes of a segment each time or something. <laughs> Yeah, you got to do something to kill the time. That's a that's a haul. Do you ever get into videography, or is it strictly just photography for your side of your life? Uh, right now, it's uh, it's more just photography for sure. I try to dabble into the videography a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's obviously a completely different realm oh than gosh, what I'm yes. into right now. So I I definitely want to learn it, and I I strive to definitely get better in it. Um, but I'm only dabbling in it and just kind of posting like small little things on Instagram, nothing compared to what you see from other people, of course, who know videography well, but it's definitely something that I want to learn. But right now my main niche is just the photography with a little bit of videography on the side, just dabbling in no pun intended. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So do you feel as is within yourself that you want to, you know, you want to be very professional and very productive with just photography and then get into videography. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the mindset that I'm thinking, get really, really good at one thing, know it well inside and out, upside down and backwards, and then add on to that plate a little bit this way here, you know, not to say that any individual would get overwhelmed, but it's, you go on YouTube and stuff and it's information overload on the internet. So it does get overwhelming pretty quick. So for me personally, and just how I like to, how I like to do things. I'd rather just focus on one thing primarily and a little bit of something here and there and get really, really good at that one thing and then dive into something else completely. And then again, get really good at that and then have both tools in the tool belt. If you will. Right. A little bit off of you and myself. I mean, what would you tell one person um, that's trying to get in photography and they say, I want to get into photography. How do I get into it? What would be like some of the first sentence that you would either um, direct message back to them or even just say in person? Uh, well, go on YouTube. That'd be the first thing. Just watch a lot of YouTube videos. Um, and then honestly, just try to find someone in your area, just not necessarily even an outdoor photographer or someone who does quote unquote outdoor content, if you will, but try to find a wedding photographer or just try to find a buddy who's, you know, You'd be surprised how many people like shooting photography once you get into the once you get into the the world. It's it's pretty it's pretty funny how many people you find out have photography in common that you would never even realize. Right. So you just reach out and try to the best thing that I say is get your hands on a camera, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, just get your hands on a camera, get out there and start clicking that button and you know, you're you're gonna click it a thousand times and you're gonna you're going to delete 900 photos. I mean, that's just the name of the game. It's it's how it is. The only way to get better at it is get out there, click that button, put yourself in uncomfortable positions if you can, and figure it out. And, you know, I mean, it's it's all supposed to be fun. I mean, nobody's 
I'm not getting paid to do it, you know, so it's, <laughs> it's all just, it's all just having fun and being creative and realistically the sky's the limit. I mean, to, to a point, I mean, it's definitely an expensive hobby. So yes. I mean, you, you, you're going to go broke. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to bro- you're going to go broke, but you're going to have fun doing it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and if, and if you're into waterfall or hunting in general, then you're already broke as it is. I mean, who are we kidding? I'm going really broke with this podcast, photography, and hunting. <laughs> I'm really, yeah, yeah, I'm exactly. really eating myself I mean, apart. <laughs> yeah, we're you're burning the candle at both ends, but it is you know it's it's part of the game. But no, always, no, all all kidding. Oh, oops, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like I always tell people, I'm like. The only way to learn is like just buy the cheapest one. It doesn't have to be the coolest thing or whatever if it makes you happy. And you, because I always tell people it's like buy the cheapest one because like in the first two months, it's probably not going to lose its value. You can resell it at least upwards of what you bought it for. And it's like if you don't like it, you can get out of it and quit worrying about it then. And if you like it, then hey, you found something that's a new hobby in your life. Yeah, and by within one or two months, I mean you you know once you start oh, yes. taking photos if you if you're in love with it or not. I mean it's it's not even like a, a guessing game. Either you love doing it or you don't. I mean because like I said, but it it is you know it is expensive, and I don't want to keep harping back to the money, but it's it's definitely something that you know you have to be willing to you got to be willing to spend money to get really good gear once you're comfortable with being in love with it. I mean, lenses aren't cheap, bodies aren't cheap. It's just, it's just how it is. But hey, some of those people they spend money on numerous things, and they could just save that little piece of, um, of the pie and buy a cheap camera. You know, there's always yep. there's a will, there's a way. And I mean, but obviously, you don't know everybody's financial standards of what's going on in their life. But it's like, if you exactly. want it really bad, you got to do out most what's going to get you to that point. And then if you just let yep. it eat you alive, then Hey, I tried to help you, but I don't know what else to tell you. Type deal, yeah. you know. And YouTube, YouTube is great, and I, I I've learned a lot from YouTube as far as you know camera settings and right. you know just shooting in the in what you're supposed to be shooting at. But the best way again is just get out there, click that button. I mean, if you're taking photos, that camera should never even be leaving your hands. Right. I mean, just take take a bunch of photos, look at them, and just have fun with it. I mean, the sky's the limit. It's so much fun. I don't know. I even okay. So obviously, like I really want to get into photography, like as a job and other things set for us. But it's like even if I don't get to that point, I already know I want to take this camera or a camera for the rest of my life for my family, my friends, hunting in general. Hundred percent, dude. It's so yep. much fun. It's like you're capturing moments that um, not just yourself can look at, but. Um, your peers and your friends and your family can look at and then their friends and family can look at and they don't even know who took the picture but they're admiring um a memory that you caught and it does you don't i agree you don't need ownership completely or um what's the word not attention but oh gosh anyways you don't need all that you know what i mean i suck with words all sometimes and, yeah all the pats on the back <laughs> there stuff. you go like yeah like oh wait who took that photo you know i gotta thank them for that no it's not always about that yeah. it's just like i i spoke with it gosh who was it i was like when you take a photo you give it to larry larry's family looks at it you know and then once he gets older um, you know, Larry passes away far in the future, you know, his kids start to show his kids that photo and that photo is still there in its existence and you're long gone too now, but it's like that photo is there and people can still like realm on it. And that is like so oh, yeah. cool, you know? Yep. It's, I mean, you think about just stories that you hear from the old timers in the sport and you know, the first thing they're doing is pulling out old Polaroids or black yeah. and whites of you know, just limits and stuff. And I mean, you know, someone back in the day was that person taking that picture and who knows where they are now. I mean, but it's like you said, it's just a cool feeling being in the whole community as it is. What do you think we're going to look at photography when we get far, far back and we're showing pictures? Are they going to be like the photos that we show people and they're taking photos? Okay. I'm trying to make this sound correct but like <laughs> do you think photos are going to get so like our photos that we're taking now are going to turn into the, like 
the Polaroid or whatever ones you're yeah, talking about no, right now. No, oh, I, I totally understand. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm butchering now the that are, fuck out of it. Yeah. The, we look at our photos and our technology and we're like, you know, holy, for back of, let a word, lack of better words, holy shit. Yeah. You know, and then, and, and they were, they were saying the same thing at their time, you know, like, oh my gosh, like this print, this paper prints out of the bottom of my camera immediately, <laughs> you know, for a Polaroid. Right. Like, so imagine what the technology is. 50 years from now i, I mean it's is it it's gonna be better I'm sure oh i'm sure i mean with everything there's there's no way it's not i bet you it's gonna get to the point where a picture's gonna be able to take and you're gonna be able to just scroll it and you're gonna be able to see a 3d object of just that one person and it's just <laughs> like what <laughs> you heard it here for yeah, it no. first folks <laughs> No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You heard it here, hundred percent. No, what I was trying to get at is like when we're showing those photos, it's like, are those going to be like shitty photos? Like, I really think they probably are, you know. And it's probably, like, oh yeah. It's like, how are you going to sit down and? Because it's weird to think about. Like, they didn't even have colored photos. Like, what fifty no. years ago, or is it farther than that? Oh man, probably. I don't know the exact history mm-hmm. on it, but probably, no. probably a little bit further. But I mean, some of them photos are just timeless memories like you said and that's that's what's great about it yeah do you look into photography as an art or as a skill level well i mean they both Uh, go for the same but so yeah so there's definitely so they go hand in hand i mean definitely with better skill and better equipment you can in my opinion create better art if you will Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's just it comes down to the individual what their creative aspect is and you know what they're looking to create if you will if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but i definitely think they go hand in hand i mean you can't have one without the other absolutely you know do you create your own photos for your own better behalf or do you foresee some that are on social media and you kind of like recreate them in your own ways and it blossoms your creation and your creativity or are you constantly just driving your own train down the same tracks and looking for the next exit i guess uh, so definitely I'd say 95, five, there's no way you can't look at Instagram and see a photo mm-hmm. or Facebook or Twitter and see a photo and be like, Hey, that sparks this idea. I mean, okay. not in my opinion. I mean, there's, there's no way you can't, I agree. um, but, but there's a fine line obviously between, you know, creating something that you envisioned in your head or just kind of piggybacking off what somebody else did and claiming it as your own. Um, I try to definitely just, you know, look at pictures and everybody has their own, their own style, their own talent level, but I definitely just try to stay in my own lane and try to create my own, not necessarily style. Cause I don't really have a style if you will. Um, but I definitely, I definitely try to keep the creativeness either to myself or like me and my buddies will bounce ideas back and forth and, you know, we'll go from there. But like I said, there's definitely no way you can't not look at Instagram and be like, hey, that's a cool idea. Let's try it this way, if you will. Right. So I'm going to do this quiz with you, and I do it with every photographer now. Um, I'm going to describe the picture, and you're going to tell me the story about it off your Instagram, okay? You got it. Okay, we got a net collar P5K8, and I don't want to describe what's in the photo. I want you to describe what's in the photo, because there is something that's cool about it. So... If it's the photo I'm thinking, of, it's just a neck collar, right? Yep. Yep. So uh, that was actually a trip that me and Aries, my dog, made down to Tennessee to uh, get on a guy, get with a guy who shoots neck collars pretty regularly. I mean, it sounds crazy, but mm-hmm. he does. Um, this, the, the place where we shot it, I don't want to obviously, you know, blow his spot up or anything, but the colleges around there do a heavy uh, biology program. Okay. And that neck collar was the first one that we shot, and it's got the BB still inside of it from when it was shot. That is like, it's, and you can see it, and it's like perfectly right above the five. And then just like yes. the plastic is like breaking, and like that picture has so much definition, emotion, and a story to be told without even. I love your caption. P5K8 dash he gone. That is so he funny. <laughs> that is so funny. I love yeah, it. Yeah, he yeah he ain't around no more. He ain't around sure. no more. You kind of have that <laughs> caption around a lot of your photos. Like there's one where 
I don't know. I find I just was when you were talking. I was kind of scrolling through your Instagram, and you, your captions kind of kill me. <laughs> oh yeah, there's so uh, anybody who really follows me pretty consistently will know that my I don't want to I don't brag about many things, but the caption game is definitely on point. I would. <laughs> I'm giving no, you that. No to, I'm yeah, giving oh, you yeah, that for no sure. Way to slice it. <laughs> but, Definitely some people appreciate the funny, quirkier captions. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have a couple serious ones in there for sure. But I just, I don't know, man, it's kind of my style. I like to post a picture. If someone laughs or, you know, like some of the captions are, they kind of have to make you think because they're a little bit of a play on words. So it just adds a little bit more to the picture, if you will. I don't know. It's just kind of my thing. That's funny. I love it. I love it. I seriously do. That's so funny. Um, do you have? Yeah, a, that's a cool picture, though. It is a very cool picture, and I had to scroll down quite a bit um, through your gallery out here on Instagram, and I, I, you know, scrolling through here, it's like you have to stop every once in a while, and, and that one when I was scrolling, I was like, "Yep, that's the one I'm going to ask him about," because not just because of the neck collar. I the the thing that caught my eye is the definition of that BB, like not just stuck singly, like right in it, like it stopped, but it it curved down that that cylinder you know movement and it then it caught its pause you know like that is oh yeah and if you look closely what's nice about it is you can actually you can see the stress marks yep from the from the path of the bb like in the plastic before the actual bb is there you can see the uh kind of like half semi-circle stress marks from it so it it is definitely cool. I couldn't believe that it actually stayed in there myself. Well, another so I'm, thing. I'm actually I'm super careful with that. I keep that up on a <laughs> shelf, and that don't go nowhere. Oh, you have <laughs> this with you? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. That is so cool. That is so oh, yeah, cool. That's, that's the neck collar that I shot and my dog scooped up and came home. We, we drove down to Tennessee and drove back. That is so unique. I, that is, wow. Like I said, I, I don't know why, but... <laughs> Like when, like the part where it just like, it just start like it, the BB just starts right at the top of the five. Like, I'm sorry, but that is, <laughs> that is like, like out of like BBs, like they don't have a straight like realm of where they go, you know? So how it, how to hit no. just like pinpoint perfect on the top right of the five, like, and that's the center of the whole lettering of, of the neck collar. Like that is, yeah, you oh, got yeah, yourself definitely. a piece of art object right there. Oh yeah, when I when I saw it, I was I was definitely pretty surprised too. And then, like I said, the whole drive home, that thing was just in a cup holder, <laughs> just, just not moving, just staying right there, wrapped in seven Ziploc bags. No, I'm just kidding. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, Bill, that, that will be cargo. That will be uh, that will be in your museum with all your other photos when you pass away. One day, yeah, yep, hundred <laughs> <laughs> oh, percent. If I'm funny. if I'm so lucky enough to get one, right? Yeah. <laughs> um it looks like you got some pictures of some brands on here too um you do you harvest brands then yes yeah we uh we got a pretty healthy brand population um i didn't do a whole lot of brand hunting this year um i did a lot more travel in this year than i have in previous years past which is a blessing and a curse at the same time because you're out creating content and meeting new people but you're missing opportunities down home you know with your buddies and stuff and it's it's definitely a fine balance and act but we do get a pretty healthy brand population and then they uh i mean as everybody knows they they ban the crap out of them do they really oh yeah yeah there's a there's a lot of studies on brand just even in rhode island alone um i was able to meet up with a biologist who was banned in and putting gps trackers on them and doing a doc uh, study for a doctorate's degree and wow. that was basically it it was just all on brand and i mean we froze for like two days straight to to try to band them but we got about 75 that were that are just loaded up right now so whoever gets them lucky them that's for sure because <laughs> there's there's been a few times even on instagram people will shoot them and they'll, they'll see them on my page alive and they'll dm me on the side hey man you know i shot this bird do you think it's one that you guys did and sure shit sometimes oh yeah sometimes it really is it's pretty cool and they'll be down in like either new jersey or over new york or a little bit north of us so it's it's pretty wild sometimes that's cool how far do those brands travel then have you heard from the biologists or do they kind of stay on that coast side then 
they go uh they go all the way up north to uh Nineveh, I believe it's pronounced. I could be completely hacking that name up. Okay. Um but that's that's their breeding grounds far up north in like Canada and stuff. And then they'll they'll fly down to about New Jersey area. Um and that's pretty much where they stop and then they'll turn around and fly back up to the breeding grounds hmm. and then that's pretty much their life. So you don't see them. You don't see them many other places besides the Northeast, typically. So, do you have decoy spreads for brands, or do you go on hunts with people that have them already? Oh yeah, no, we've got we've got decoys for brand. We Tangle Free sells really nice uh, brand right. decoys. Actually, who makes all who makes full bodies for your brands? Then we just use floaters because oh. you're they're they're in the water. 99% of their life. They're one of the only birds that's a strict herbivore. They don't eat nothing but eelgrass and seaweed. And so they're the, the majority of their life is spent on the coastline, you know, foraging in like just that, that mucky stuff and like the low tide regions and stuff like wow. that. So pretty much all we use is uh, the floaters and they're not, they're not the, the hardest birds to hunt. I mean, they're not dumb, but they're not like super, super smart. Yeah. So we can put like a couple of dive bomb decoys and stuff on the sand if we want. Some B dubs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh primarily we're just throwing out, you know, some some brant floaters and you can't really call to them. Yeah, if if you're what they want to do, they're going to come in. If not, then you'll watch them fly away. Do you get to but scout they them? Decoy beautifully. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can scout them. They're a little hard to pattern because they can they can literally fly anywhere on the coastline yeah they typically like the same area to a degree within like a couple mile radius okay um the the problem with that is if they're in an area where there's houses you can't do anything to them so they definitely figure it out pretty quick where like parks are and stuff like that just like regular geese will Mm -hmm. you know if there's like a park if there's a park near like an ocean front chances are you're gonna find brant in it wow so you, yeah, it's. Can you hunt them a little mm-hmm. bit off the coast then, or is it kind of like you have to be like they they love that kind of like not beach side, but that that ground level side next to the water, or are they they kind of like a sea duck where you can you know kind of be off the coast a little bit? Um, I mean, in my experience, I would say your best bet is probably be on the coast. Okay. Um, I've definitely seen pictures on Instagram and stuff of guys shooting them like in dry cornfields and stuff, but what? my best. Yeah. I mean now super, super, super odd, obviously. So I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that that field is just near the coastline and yeah. that bird just got mixed up and cause they will hang out with Canada's for sure. I mean, it's not, it's not uncommon to see, you know, a bunch of brand hanging out with a bunch of Canada's. So, right. you know, one or two might get lost in the shuffle, yeah. but my, my thing is either get in a marsh or, get like near an oceanfront marsh or like an estuary if you will and mm-hmm. that's where you're going to be real successful do you think you can get me on a brand hell yeah come on up or over if you will over yeah i'm not driving yeah so you'll have to pick me up from the you're airport <laughs> yeah fly, fly right into boston that's probably and i'll scoop you up right there that's the season just ended today, but yeah. I mean next year or oh. something. Absolutely. Yeah, I trust me. I, I said if you if you spent a couple days here, you'd you'd get a chance at one, no question about it. I mean they're not they're not super super hard to target. Um, it's basically it's sea duck hunting. They just they decoy like geese. I mean it's basically what it is in my opinion. So do you sea duck hunt then too, or are you strictly just kind of stick to the brands and the the ordinary ducks or? Pretty much just goose and the brant here and there. Hmm. Um, I'm a goose guy at heart. I mean, right. give me a give me a dry cornfield with pissed off geese in the morning, and I'm in my happy place. Well, then me and you <laughs> would get along great because I've had some yeah, people oh, on yeah. here. They're like, oh, we, I just have to talk about goose hunting, don't I? And I'm like, no, but it is what I like to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'm the same way. Like I said, we we get a relatively fair goose population. Mm-hmm. Um, but the duck, the duck numbers that we get are nothing to really, you know, write home about in my opinion. Um, a lot of my buddies make fun of me because they'll go out duck hunting and I'm like, man, eh, you can have it. <laughs> like, I'd, I'd rather just go get some geese. Like I'm all, you know, but I'm, that's just. <laughs> I'm the same way. I won't choose ducks over geese any day. I mean. No, no, no way. No Something way. about that honk. No way. Yeah. The slow you know, when moving. you got. 
Oh yeah, dude. Especially if it, if it's raining the night before, man, and they're pissed off because they couldn't sleep, and you're in a cornfield and they're just screaming and you're screaming back and yeah. Ah, uh, there's just, in my opinion, that's there's nothing better. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I I need to to really uh I really want to fill some bucket list for this whole like forty one you know this hunt forty one type deal you know and I've yep. I've filled out quite a few but I think the hardest one was gonna probably not like be the brant but there's like some on there that like the harley quinn do you guys get harley quinns over there uh we do but you you can't shoot them you can just you just can look at them that's pretty much all you can do (laughs) yeah 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 we get them uh so like in rhode island and stuff like at the mouth of the ocean uh we get them pretty decent Uh but you can't you can't touch them it says it right in the abstract it's it's a federal offense wow like anywhere north oh, yeah. of you or anything, can you shoot Harley Quinns, or is that whole East Coast you can't hunt Harley Quinns? To my knowledge, you can't touch them anywhere around here at all. The only place that you can touch them is Washington State. That's hmm. and that I think that's only one per year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. And, so, and that's, I think there's a guide service, or there's guide services in Alaska that do it too. I think. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. And mm-hmm. I, I'm sure probably the bag limits are a little bit different there. But probably. out here, out here, they're safe as can be. All you can do is watch them. Huh. I wonder. <laughs> yeah. If I shoot impressive. a brand, I'm gonna have to get it mounted. So I'll have to find a way how to fly it back. Probably just as cargo. Yep. Yeah. I'm not sure how that goes. I think uh, there's definitely got to be ways. I mean, you're not. There's no way that people haven't done it. What? So. Did you already say, or am I just really losing my thoughts here? Did, what is the limit on brands there then? Same thing as geese for around here, just oh, two. Really? You're only allowed two per day. Yeah, yep. Okay, well, so but I mean that's per guy. So if you go out with three guys, you can get six brands. So we're gonna we're gonna band hunt when I'm there, so that way I can have a really cool mount. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's funny. No, the you, photos on there it looks want- like looks like they're walking around with freaking like they're. They're like rappers out here nowadays world with just all sorts of bling on their legs. Oh yeah, they're they're completely they're completely decked out from head to toe. I mean there's there's no there's no other way to put it. So and what's cool is one of the birds on there is uh I call him A four. So his left leg or right leg, whichever one, has a A and the other one has a four and uh I, I want him personally because <laughs> I <laughs> I banded him and then the uh, the biologist took a picture of me holding that bird right after I banded him. Mm-hmm. So and he's still alive and well as we speak right now. So him and I have a little personal vendetta. <laughs> you know, I'd love to see I'd love to see him on my wall, but it's definitely nice seeing that he's still you know walking around and living his best life, if you will. What happens if but, I harvest him? I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> it was nice meeting you, Levi. Get the, the hell out of my state. Yeah. yeah, did you hear the discouragement in my voice? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's so funny. No, it's, uh, I just think it'd be so cool to go to Rhode Island, and I'm glad that you're welcoming of me coming over there, and hopefully we can make it happen. But I just never thought in my life that, you know, Rhode Island would duck and goose hunt or anything of that nature so it's cool talking to these people or sorry talking to yourself sorry to disrespect you like that but just like talking to you about like being so open about how it happens over there because it's it's cool learning about different states and how they hunt because it's like it's oblivious to me i'm all new to this stuff because a year ago or two years ago i was just posting pile pics on instagram for my friends and family (laughs) that's it yeah yeah i hear you no, you don't see. That's the one thing I don't post a whole lot of pile pics. Mm-hmm, I've seen um, that. There's only, yeah, there's only so many pile pics you can post, in my opinion. And I tell anybody that. The but, <laughs> make no mistake about it, they do happen. They do. That's for sure. I mean, I feel yeah. Like- just yes. Yesterday we shot 18 geese in an hour and a half. I and, mean, yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to. No, no, in. no. That's fine. <clears throat> no, go for it. I mean, I've been posting pile pics, and I. I speak against it and I speak with it. So like, I'm just like on the, on the, on the leading boards of like, like I do it, but also at the same time I post like memory pictures, you know, but if, if I go to these States and we just absolutely just smash them, I don't know. Oh, I, I yeah. find a tendency still to share that moment. Cause I am, this is all fresh to me, like going to these new places where it's like, I can't speak so down to just pile picks and trust me, I'm, I'm solely against it. And, 
different realms, but it's like, I can't talk bad about it to a full realm because I still do it, you know? Yep. Oh yeah. There's definitely a time and a place for it. I mean, no question about it. I couldn't agree more. What's cool is some of the guys who I hunt with have been doing this for 30, 40 plus years. And you go on Instagram and you know, they've got like 10 posts and like 200 followers, but you meet them in real life and they've got a lanyard full of bands <laughs> and have put down, Hey, I put down more geese by accident than some people have on purpose. I mean, <laughs> no shit. And that's so yeah, true. And those oh, yeah, are the type of people I want to meet in life. Like when I'm traveling to these places, like, cause I, I gain you. I've always told people knowledge is worth more than the dollar bill. And I'm sorry. You don't learn knowledge from Instagram. You don't. You no, really don't. No, you got to get boots on the ground. Exactly. But and you do got to talk to people back. on Instagram to get to boots exactly. on the ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what's nice is even just locally, I've been able to hunt with people who I may have otherwise not have known or had the opportunity to hunt with. And that brings the situation of being able to hunt on land that is locked up that I can't get permission on. So like that in and of itself for me is real cool being able to hunt just on different properties yep. in my local area that I would have otherwise never been able to go on if I didn't meet certain individuals. Is there a DIY situation in your state or is it kind of like you got to know somebody like immediately? Um uh, elaborate a little bit what do you mean um like can a person come do it itself for hunting in your state like is it hard to come to rhode island or is there even an interest from like the normal eye to come to rhode island do you see like out-of-staters because i see out-of-staters no. no not really not unless they're uh not for not for goose and duck i okay. mean for sea duck if if i was in the sea duck world um like strictly you know like old squar and you know the, the surf scoters and stuff like that mm -hmm. i would probably see it a lot more um but just for like geese and ducks i mean that's the one good thing about this area we don't have a lot of guide services out here just because we get a good goose flight but it's not it's not something where you can be like hey i can make money off this year in and year out there's just no way so mm -hmm. that's that's a blessing in and of itself where we don't have to compete with guys who are going up to farmers, giving them $10,000, you know, for four years, and then you're never hunting that spot ever again. But you don't really see a whole lot of tourists, if you will, for our goose and duck. I would definitely say you would see that more on the sea duck realm of Rhode Island hunting, which I can't really speak of at all. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I just... Like, I, people always, all the time, like, they try to, like, say, like, I want to come to South Dakota or, or see what you do in South Dakota. And it's like, well, you have to apply. And they're like, what do you mean? So that's why I ask, like, a lot of these states, like, they're all full-blown on, like, it's hard to, like, DIY it, you know, do-it-yourself type hunt. So it, I'm trying to find a state where it's like, maybe I could go to that state and maybe figure it out myself. And it's like, I don't know if it's worth my time. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just so rough to talk about, I guess. Yeah, the toughest thing about doing it yourself out here probably would just be finding a place to do it, if you would. Because, like I said, most of the property is locked up just by either people leasing it or guys who have permission. So that, in turn, if you're going to go to a public spot, chances are it's already been smashed on by the local guys. So that's true. you're not going yeah, to see anything that's great because the geese especially around here and I'm sure other places they get smart to them public spots real quick. So, I mean, and we've got it all up here. Unfortunately, we've got, you know, guys like me and my buddies who want them cuffed and committed, basically touching the decoys before we shoot them. And then you got the flip side of that coin. You got guys who <laughs> they read that it's lethal at 80 yards. So <laughs> why not send it? <laughs> yeah. You know, they, that they see on the box. <laughs> And we, we get both of that. I mean, I've, I've seen guys rifling at geese that are above treetops, like not even not even paying an interest in the spread. And you hear a 21 gun salute and I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's I hate seeing it. <laughs> I do, too. Don't worry if I come oh, yeah. there. I am not shooting unless unless someone's told me to or or because I, I like to watch the show. You know, if the show doesn't present oh, itself, yeah. I'm not just shooting to kill. Like, I want to see them actually fully commit, you know. 
Yeah, that's uh, two days ago. We hunted a spot, and it's right off the river. And uh, it was in a, it was in a zone where you're only allowed two geese. Yeah. So it was me and two other guys, and I mean, we were we had our six geese at seven fifteen in the morning. Like they literally got off the water and screamed into the field, and we were done. Really? But there was still like another like thousand geese on the water, so we said screw it. We just sat there until like eight thirty and just. Watch them come in, watch them leave, watch them come in, watch them leave. And <laughs> not everybody can say that they can do that. And that's one of the things that I'm kind of blessed about is you can see, like, not everybody can see cupped and committed geese, like, screaming to get into a cornfield. And if you haven't seen it, I'll tell you, it'll change your life. I mean, that's for sure. <laughs> There's nothing, when they're screaming like that, backpedaling in, and uh, I just, something about it. Something yeah. about pissed off geese in the morning. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, and there's just do uh, brands do they maple leaf? Uh, the brand, um, not really. I mean, no. so they so when they kick up, they kind of fly. Um, I mean, I don't know exact numbers, obviously, but I'd say probably about like four to five feet above the water. Okay. Um, when, when they're on the water, like so, yeah. they'll kind of hop around to different spots. But when when they're flying, they pretty much will just glide. They'll go across the water. They'll find a spot that they think they're going to like, and they'll just lock right up like geese, and mm -hmm. then they'll just slide in kind of like a duck. So kind of a, kind of a cool thing to see for sure. So they but decoy they differently. Yeah, they they kind of decoy half like a goose and half like a duck, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. It does a lot because I mean. The, <sighs> I don't know something about just like that's the greatest thing I like about trying to think about trying to go different places and hunt different animals or sorry different like waterfowl birds is because they all decoy and act and react differently and the emotions of the hunt are completely different each time you go when you go for just that set one bird because it's like wow I expected it to be like this and it's like even farther than that yeah oh yeah Brant are definitely cool. That's one of the good things about them is they they decoy beautifully when they go to do it. I mean, they'll they'll literally do it from like 40, 50 yards out and just lock up and be, you know, two, three feet above the water the whole time until they get into your decoys. Mm -hmm. So that's that's really cool to see. So you don't call at them or nothing? Um, not really. I mean, they kind of make like a cooing noise, like a pigeon almost, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um. But you can't, they're not like a real, like they're social in the respect that they want to be around other birds, but you can't really like, they're not social in the respect of like a Canada goose where, you know, you can legit talk to this bird and convince them to come in or convince them to turn around. Like if they want to come in, they're going to come in. If they don't, then they're basically not gonna, I mean, I don't, I don't really feel like you can call at them. Um, again, there could be a sea duck guy who hunts these things religiously and they're like yeah this guy's an idiot i call to him all the time <laughs> i mean <laughs> I, I just do it for fun when you know when the geese like if there's not a heavy push of geese yet and the geese around here are kind of getting stale i kind of just bounce around over there just to kind of give the spots a little bit of a breather let some fresh birds move in and i'm right back to the cornfields and chasing geese again as quick as i can be that's awesome yeah i if you are fully welcoming, dude, I will. I'll promise you, we're gonna have to figure something out for me to come over there because I haven't spoke to anybody that hunts brands. So we're gonna oh, have yeah, to I get tell together. Anybody, man, if 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 we jive and you know we're we're good, we talk and we have a good time. You know, I'm not anybody special. I'm just I'm another guy with a bunch of other guys who we just like to run our dogs and get on birds. So I tell anybody, man, if you want to make the drive up here to the small state of Rhode Island. Come on up, you know I don't I don't care. We got the gear. Primarily, we got the birds. So I, I tell anybody, man, if they want to drive up, get in their car and let me know when they get here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I ain't getting in yeah, my no. car though. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. Not for you. That's a haul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Bill, thank you so much for coming on and, and speaking and expressing your feelings about photography and talking a little bit about Rhode Island because I was very interested about it, especially with the whole brand thing. So. Um, thank you so much for coming on, man. I, I appreciate you having me on. Like I said, I'm just, I'm just a small guy in a big community and I just, I love meeting new people and 
going new places and just making memories that, you know, you otherwise wouldn't be able to do with people that you otherwise wouldn't have met. Exactly. Well, hope to see you next season. And if not, we'll see you the following season or something like that. Cause Oh, you'll be you'll be seeing me one season or another. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, see you later, Bill. Don't mistake about it. Yeah. I'll talk to you, brother. Take care.